Hello, and welcome to episode 117 of Random Encounter, the RPG Fan Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Steinman, Pale Robbie on the boards, and joining us today, we have the top 10 reasons that Rockstar is bringing Red Dead whatever to whatever. Like, seriously, I feel like we just need to talk about Red Dead, because the entire internet's talking about it right now, and it's like, yeah. Don't care. Steve Square I, even made a made a funny off of it with they uh, did. They did. 15. They had all the guys from 15. No, I care. I mean, I loved uh, Red Dead Redemption. Like, I absolutely adored that game. But at the same time, I'm like, can we just let them make the announcement and then start talking about it? Do we have to talk about the announcement that an announcement is coming? Like, it's a very like it's a page out of Square Enix's book for sure. I was gonna say, yeah, that's totally Square's thing. I mean, yeah. I, I I was the guy trying to read the tea leaves with the Diablo 3 announcement, like, way back when. So, you know, I, I, I am definitely throwing stones from a glass house, but, like... And now there's the Diablo 4 tease. I know. Right. With the dice, the dice, maybe, maybe. I don't know. I'm not that worried. That's Derek Heemsbergen, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Embryon on the boards. And, uh, man, I've been playing a lot lately. I know we're going to touch on all of it, but I've been playing... Man, I've been playing Exist Archive... I've been playing Yokai Watch 2, World of Final Fantasy, all kinds of stuff. Oh, and Gata Protectors, which we don't cover at RPG Fan, but you really, really need to play. It's a, a like a tower defense action game for 3DS. It came out this past summer. It is so ridiculously charming. It's like the best faux NES game I've ever played. Gata nice. Protectors. Check it out. Nice, nice. Okay, we also have uh, Caitlin Argyros is here, so that means she's probably going to talk about Final Fantasy XIV. Is, is that fair to say? Uh, yes, that's fair to say. All right, everybody take a drink. I hear they added Tactics Ogre stuff to, to uh, Final Fantasy fourteen though. They're about to, yeah. There's a, that, a boss that's like a witch from Tactics Ogre. I forget his name. That is awesome. I'm okay yeah. with all of that. I was at FanFest, incidentally. Oh, <laughs> we're, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. And then we also have uh, John Tucker Tucker. Hey, hey. It's me, John Tucker. Tucker on the boards. And since uh, Tucker's here, that means we're going to talk about Paper Mario. I just, I, I figure that's what we're going to, we have all of our experts here today. So, uh, you know, we don't have Solosi to talk about Dragon Quest, but, you know, I'm here. So Tucker's here to talk about the Paper Mario. What is this, Sticker Star, Paint by Numbers? What, what, which one is this yeah. now? <laughs> Paint by Numbers. Yeah. I like yeah. Paint by Numbers. That could be a real title. Uh, yeah, don't, don't tell me they haven't thought of that one at, at some point in localization. Oh, it's next up. Get ready for it. Excellent. Please look forward to it. <laughs> Paper Mario, connect the dots. Ah, uh, okay. So I think we're gonna start with a little uh, Dragon Quest Builders, a game that I keep uh, doing my best to try to beat. But goddamn, if it isn't a huge ass game. Uh, Dragon Quest Builders is really weird because that when they first showed it at E3, uh, well, obviously this game has been out for a while in Japan. Came out in January last year, uh, this year, and so we had seen a little bit of it. And then when I went to see it at E3. They kind of demoed it for me in a weird way where they just kind of played in front of me and they were just like, you can do this, you can do this. And I'm sitting there going, I, I thought the whole point of this game was to have quests and a narrative and you're not really showing me that so I don't really know what to make of it. Uh, so when I finally got my hands on it, it is very much Minecraft except with you know open world quest designs with like people telling you what you should build. And that, I think, actually really appeals to me, being a little bit older, uh, being now in my 30s, which is really weird to think of. But, like, I don't necessarily like the freeform nature of Minecraft, but having quests and having people ask me to do things, that fits in really well with that survival-style gameplay. So Dragon Quest Builders has actually become, like, this little charming game that I 
I find myself caring about it more than I thought I would. Like when I first started, I was going, oh, I don't really care where I put my stairs. I'm just trying to like, you know, make my town so I can go on to the next quest. And I'm actually starting to take a little pride in the actual like feng shui design of my town. And it, it's, it's kind of proving to be a little frightening. Like I think I understand why so many people get into this sort of thing. So uh, I, I felt yeah. the same way when I played the demo. I was like, okay, I get it. I get why people can pour so many hours into Minecraft. It's just for me, and it seems like for you as well, Rob, I need structure. Yes. I need to have yes. some kind of goal, some kind of thing to reach for. And so just having that even, I mean, obviously it helps a ton that I've, we're both Dragon Quest fans. And so having this sort of Dragon Quest motif Mm-hmm. does a lot for me but yeah just like just the addition of structure to the minecraft form minecraft formula is enough for me to be like okay i'm in cool yeah and it is a charming game uh the demo that you played there because i already had the the full game when the demo came out how much was actually in the demo so i can get a feel for how much people who who maybe haven't purchased the game yet how much they've gotten a chance to play uh, i didn't beat i didn't reach a point in the demo where it said to stop playing or that it was over oh. but i got through a bunch of requests like uh, I, th- I think I pretty much finished building the first little settlement, mm-hmm. and then they like I had to go out and kill. Jeez, uh, what did I even do? Like I had to go find some guy in a cabin or like buried under rocks or something, and brought him back, and then built a bunch more th- things, and then just kind of left it there. But mm-hmm. it was at a point where I was like, I can just keep playing this demo for a couple hours. And it is amazing how the Dragon Quest aesthetic goes a long way toward just, even though this is a game so different than the core Dragon Quest series, it feels like Dragon Quest. It has all of the the menu sounds and, you know, the little uh, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, like whenever mm-hmm. you level up. Uh, but you level up your town, you don't level up your your individual builder. Um, it, and it just, as I'm watching this game, it's just making the wait for a proper Dragon Quest Eleven either on console or uh, 3DS, just that much harder. But it's it's just a really, really well-designed game, he said. Uh, the, the combat sucks. Like, I, I know that's not the point of the game. It is not a game that's meant to be, you know, like, you know, yeah. an action RPG or anything like that. But it just feels crappy. Like, it, it, it never feels good. Can you describe it a little bit so help well, me out? Exactly what it reminded me of was Rune Factory. If you've played Rune Factory, those are those are basically like Harvest Moon with some combat, but they still kind of seem like if you had thrown sort of a half-hearted battle mechanic into Harvest Moon, uh, mm-hmm. it just it feels kind of eh. It's just kind of off. It doesn't have great weight. Like in in, in Dragon Quest Builders, you're just sort of um, there's one button to attack, right? And it's just kind of like a Hit an enemy back away a little bit, hit an enemy back away a little bit kind of thing. Yeah, there's not a lot to it. Yeah, there's no lock-on. Uh, there, there's nothing really to to give you any real depth to the combat. There were a couple moments where I did something cool, like an enemy was getting ready to do a charge attack where they were going to travel in a straight line, and I put a block down right in front of them to like make them stop. That was really cool, but the game needs more of that. Unfortunately, it really does devolve, like Derek was saying, into just whack the enemy and then run to the side slightly let them whiff on an attack and then hit them a few more times. It And it's also like getting the distances down for where exactly you have to be to hit the enemy. That just never feels good. It always feels like I'm, even 20, 30 hours into this game when it feels like I should be hitting them. I'm not, I'm constantly readjusting the camera and this wouldn't be such a big deal, but there, the game will go through stretches where it will give you quest after quest where it's like, nah, man, you need to do more combat. And that's just like, 
none none of the the combat part of this game right. is not the important part. Yeah, you want me to do the part of this game that's just sort of an afterthought? Uh, right, okay. right. <laughs> this is the bad part of your game. Why are you making me do it over and over again? It, it's a real shame because with that combat mechanic taken out or maybe expanded upon, you know, I don't know, give me some kind of rudimentary combo system. I, you know, a lot of people bring up Dark Cloud when they're talking about this game, and I, I know Dark Cloud 2's combat got way, way better. There's a lot of room for inventiveness here, but as it stands, it it feels very much like an afterthought, and I don't want to harp on it forever, but it's just something that keeps killing the enjoyment out of this game. Like, it's just a slog to have to sit here constantly whacking enemies with sticks over and over again, and then there are the boss fights, which, uh, oh boy. Uh, so I've, I've beaten two of the bosses. Bosses come at the end of every chapter. And, and the first boss was kind of rudimentary, you know, uh, very like, okay, I figured out the gimmick to this boss pretty fast. Um, the second boss was a living nightmare um, and, and was just, I had to fail first to figure out how high I needed to set a certain item in my town in order to attack the boss properly. It just... It, Mm, mm. It just never felt good. I was constantly surrounded by spawning enemies that they do a lot of the Dragon Quest style moves where they'll confuse you or something. And that's just not fun when you're in the middle of action combat where it just really doesn't feel good. My whole town was getting effed up. It, it was just like, I, it feels like a whole other crew made this part of the game. And I just, it almost made me turn the game off and walk away from it. It was that bad. And now I'm into chapter three. I'm back to the building. I'm back to the going on quests and I'm enjoying the game again. Mm. But it, 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 it almost feels like this just came out of nowhere and they didn't know how to end the chapter. Like they felt like they needed a very video game thing to do. And it was just very ill advised. Like this is not what your game does. Well, stop making me do it over and over again. So that just reminded me of the, uh, the Matrix game where you played as uh, as Keanu Reeves, and at the end, you get to the end of the game, which you know, end of the movies, the there's not really like a final. I don't know. At the end of the game, like the whole game just stops, white screen with two chairs, a pixelated uh, Wachowskis come in and explain that uh, yeah, we're not going to do the end of the movie. Instead, we're going to have a giant boss fight. Have fun. Did that actually happen? Because like that. that act- actually happened you can check it out on like youtube and stuff it's oh my god really bizarre you fight a uh you fight a a giant agent smith made up of a whole bunch of agent smiths holding like pieces of building to look like a suit and they grab like a pair of giant sunglasses off a billboard and it's it's the video gamiest thing ever but but Um, they came in like david cage like we're going to do this right now like i i remember seeing the giant agent smith but that's how he's introduced yeah yeah totally oh that's Um, i i wanted about this game though i wanted to ask so you're you're talking about like having a town and people ask you to do stuff and the town getting messed up when there's combat so but in the combat are you like all alone or has anybody ever like come help you out the the other people in the town can come and help you up out not during the boss fights unfortunately and their ai and in fact the ai for most of the enemies in the game and your partners is kind of dumb as rocks like they they're very easily confused they kind of all gang up on each other there's a really weird thing that has happened to me a couple of times where like all of my uh, townies are beating up on an enemy and that's preventing me from attacking it. 
like like those invincibility frames on the enemy are like coinciding with me trying to attack. It, it's there, but again, it just feels really half-assed. It feels like a part of the game that is there because it's Dragon Quest, because they're trying to do something different, but it hasn't been fully thought out, and it, it just keeps doing that over and over again to its detriment. That's a shame. Yeah, I mean, I'm still high on the game, and I'm still enjoying many different aspects of it, but it's just that there's one thing that it it doesn't do very well. It has to keep asking me to do it over and over again. But overall, you know, it it is a recommendation, I think, especially if you like Dragon Quest, if you've always kind of wondered why people like Minecraft. I think it's very easy to tell when you play this game. And then it's also good for, I think, gamers of a little, little older variety that are looking for something tangible in their games, like, you know, build this, uh, create this thing, we need you to fulfill this task. I, I can see where the Minecraft appeal lies, but where Minecraft could never get me involved because I just wasn't interested in that super level of freeform, I think Dragon Quest Builders actually does it very, very well. And I, I would kill for another game, another Dragon Quest uh, Builders 2. I would absolutely love it especially if they worked on the the few shortcomings in this game. Because I, I think they do have something uh, pretty remarkable. If they just, you know, a couple things here and there, they, they can yeah. really knock it out. And in Dragon Quest Builders 2 would be the place for them to add new types of blocks or, you know, like interactable objects and that kind of stuff. Yeah, and there's a lot... Uh, there's a lot to this game where, like, if, when you go into a new chapter, you have entirely new buildings, entirely new tasks. You're not just doing the same thing over and over again every chapter, which is what I was really worried about. With right. The game. They they do a good job of making it new. That's good. That it's would be cool. the one thing I'd be worried about. Yeah, it's a cool experiment uh, experience. I don't think marathoning it is really the right way to play the game. You know, obviously for review purposes, that's what I'm doing. But it, it's the kind of game where I could feel like you could play a chapter and then take like a couple week break and then come back to it. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of the best way to play this game. I'm, I'm getting a little burned out on it. Like it's it's lost its appeal to me right now, but I could see myself coming back in a month or two and going, oh man, this game's a lot of fun. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's got that kind of mentality to it, which is really neat. It's funny, there are some games like that that are better as an like a episodic experience. Yeah, I think this is one of them. I, I really, really do. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, Dragon Quest Builders. Uh, anybody else have any other questions for me? I, I still recommend you go out and try it out, even if you never understood uh, Minecraft. I think it's worth a shot. No, I mean, I just I just want to get it, but for me, it's time and money. I, I have like... I have a whiteboard that sits right next to my uh, computer desk with it, where I list everything I'm currently playing, what's up next, and all of my current review projects. And uh, <laughs> it's wow, <laughs> it's full. It has like You're 12 organized. games on it. 12 games on it right now. Uh, so yeah, um, I can't get that right now. <laughs> and then well, not to mention the ever-present specter that is Final Fantasy 14 hovering over me that will have like an icy grip on me until I'm dead I, on the ground. I promise we're going to get there in a second. I did want to just bring up one more thing on Dragon Quest Builders. Uh, it, it was very obvious to me playing the game at the start, and I, I do think I've gotten better with it, but uh, it was clearly designed for the Vita first. Uh, it's missing some control options and things on the consoles that is very clearly because it was designed on Vita. Like, the L2 and R2 buttons don't do anything. You can't zoom the camera in. It does this really asinine thing where every action is mapped to the X button. So, like, talking or sleeping or carrying or opening up the menu is all handled by the X button. So, like, the Mass Effect Syndrome where everything is the A button. 
Yep, and when you're, like, trying to talk to somebody and you open up a menu or you're trying to sleep and then you end up talking to somebody and it's like, okay, you guys very clearly were stuck with the control scheme for the Vita. You made it look absolutely gorgeous in HD on the PlayStation 4. That's phenomenal. But then you didn't give me any, like, any control over that. The camera can turn into absolute garbage, especially in uh, in forest areas or in caves. Like, you will just get to, like, wow, I really cannot see my character. Like, there's a wall in front of me. That's kind of terrible. So, again, the, the shortcomings, I feel like a sequel would go a long way to really expanding on all these ideas. It seems to have done very well in Japan. So I'm I'm definitely down for another one of these. It is charming as hell. It is a lot of fun. But they're just, you know, that those first steps into a new type of genre, which would be, like, narrative-driven Minecraft, because it's awesome when you build your own bridge to get around a bunch of enemies that were giving you a hard time. That was one of those, like, epiphany moments that is going to stand out for the rest of this year of just saying, nah, screw it, I'm just going to build a bridge over these guys. And they're, like, trying to jump up and hit me, and I'm just, like, giving them the finger, like, ah, you guys can't well, I know, there. I know, Rob, you talked about um, you don't like it when a game doesn't, like, you have a, a set of tools, and you try to use them in a way that's intelligent. And then the game doesn't let you. It's like, nope, you did a thing that I didn't want you to. And it sounds yeah. like Dragon Quest Builders actually lets you. Yep, um, you're yep. like, I'm going to build a ridiculous bridge in the sky. And it worked. And, so and if there's they, something to be said they, about that. If they do more of that with a sequel, it could be really, really amazing. Like that, the, the moment where I like laid a brick down to let a charging enemy run into it, like that was awesome. And I'm like, okay. How do you take this idea and make more of it and get a, get away from, you know, okay, maybe you guys decide don't go heavy combat system, don't go heavy combos, but then give me the tools to outwit these enemies. Like, I don't know, lay down a trap that then they run into and now they're stuck and I can go over and hit them. Or like, you know, you could do some Shadow of the Colossus stuff or like a torch will maybe like scare an enemy backward. Like, I feel like there's a lot of room here to do some really, really cool stuff. So Square Enix, uh, I will give you my address and you can feel free to seek me out for uh, development purposes. But I, I would love a, I would love a sequel on this game. Not trying to sound pretentious. I just, I think there's really, really cool stuff they could do with this. It's, so it's overall really good. Did you get any chance to check the game out on the Vita then? No, I haven't played the Vita version. I was going to download the demo, but I went straight uh, PS4. The PS4 version runs pretty well. It's 60 frames most of the time. It, it will take some dips here and there that are pretty noticeable. It doesn't feel like the game is is really running as well as it could be. The game is also only like a gig big or something like that. Like it, It's kind of absurd how gorgeous this game is and it's it's very very small on your playstation hard drive it's crazy isn't it? like the new pokemon game three times that size uh all i know is that the new gears of war is 80 gigabytes <gasps> 80 gigabytes like that's that's mildly crazy but let's leave the dragon quest builders the only other thing i'm playing right now is dragon quest 7 i just unlocked the job class and i love this game i really do uh but boy that they, they make you work for that job system it took me 18 hours to unlock it and the uh, the last two or three hours are in a, a series of dungeons where you don't have skills or abilities. So all you actually it turns into Final Fantasy thirteen. All you really can do is attack. <laughs> it was it was just like really that's that's what you guys that's what you guys decided yeah. to go with, huh? It, I it's even a game, job system either. Yeah, I think I think Dragon Quest seven is now I, I'm moving into the the part that is good. And I can see all the complaints with this game, but it really does nail that that awesome Dragon Quest sense of like upgrading your character and getting stronger. That that is a lot of fun. And on the go, 
like having it on a on a 3ds is perfect like that's it's making me actually think about if we get dragon quest 11 please for the love of god make sure we get dragon quest 11 would i rather play it on a console or on the handheld i think dragon quest works really well on a handheld but that's dragon right. quest Nick's, uh, Nick's review just went live. If anybody hasn't seen that, uh, he he had not played the game before. You guys talked about it on the, the previous episode. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, definitely check that out on the site. Yep, the... Uh, good good plug there. Good plug there, Tucker. And then uh, we, we obviously have Dragon Quest VIII in 2017, and I am, even though it's a graphically inferior version, I know I am really looking forward to playing Dragon Quest VIII again. I was watching some videos and reminding myself that I absolutely adored that game. That was one of my favorite games of the last console, of the last console generation, two generations ago in the PlayStation Two era. That game is really, really special. I got that uh, on a uh, like a flash sale for free on my phone. I played like ten minutes of it and was like, "No, this game is amazing, and it does it deserves better than this." Yeah, Yeah. Yangus is like the best character ever. He he is like my bro. I I absolutely love him, and that game has so much personality. That open world is absolutely nuts, and I don't think it's ever been recreated as well in any other RPG. I love Dragon. I was spoiled by Dragon Quest Eight. Like the rest of the series can't really live up to that game because it's like the best one in my opinion. In my opinion, but it's my favorite too. It's just all Dragon Quest all the time at the Steinman household. So let's move on to. Uh, I think we got some fan fest to talk about and some uh, Final Fantasy fourteen to talk about, right? Yes, sir. Yes. All right. I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, mute myself. Oh my god, you're such a dick. <laughs> Every time. I have not, but all I have to say is that they put Tactics uh-huh. Ogre in there, and that's awesome. Uh-huh. Yeah. Guys, I, I'm not bagging on the game. It's just not my cup of tea. Well. <laughs> They've already, they, weren't there some uh, gear sets in uh-huh. in 3.0 that were inspired by Tactics Like, there, I know there yeah, was there a was caster the, outfit that was. There was the Valerian Knight stuff. Yeah. Like, Valerian whatever the hell. Yeah, yeah they had, like, the. Inspired. The Dragoon from Tactics Ogre, and I think it's just a bunch of classes from Tactics Ogre. Yeah. Cool. Well, Caitlin, why don't you start by talking about 3.4, since that's pretty freshly released, and then we'll move into the stuff after that. Right, so uh, 3.4 is the latest patch. It came out right at the end of September. Uh, brought with it, of course, more story content. Um, this time, since we've kind of resolved what's been going on in Ishgar, 3.4 is starting to turn us toward what the next expansion is going to be focusing on, um, getting us back in touch with the rest of Eorzea and with the Scions and whatnot. And there's some interesting plot points that get brought up, some really interesting plot points that get up uh, vis-a-vis the entire universe in 14. You learn more about what Heidelin is and what's what the universe is and the function of light and dark in that universe. There's some really interesting uh, plot threads that they put into play at near the end of the patch that it should be interesting to see how they deal with them in 3.5 and then in in the expansion uh, when it comes out. Um, Of course, new dungeons. There is a new uh, Warring Triad Primal, Sophia, the second of the three Warring Triad Primals that we'll get. Uh, presumably we'll get the third one before 4.0. Uh, a lot of fun. I actually like Sophia Extreme a lot compared to Sephiroth Extreme. Uh, I haven't tried it. I want to. I, I love the, the music for that fight and the 
hard mode, but I haven't tried oh, that. So good. Once again, the lyricism in these songs, when you can actually hear the lyrics over the combat, are really good. It's a really haunting uh, uh, tale that's being told uh, in Sophia Extreme. Um, we also got the final leg of Alexander, um, the last four turns of Alexander that completes the Alexander storyline. And I had to say, um, the first, especially the first turn of Alexander was pretty dull uh, story-wise. It, it did almost nothing for me, even though it involved my uh, my boy Sid. Um, mm-hmm. But I actually quite like the way that they concluded it. It's still not as epic as the um, the Binding Quill of Bahamut was from 2.0, but they did some cool things with the end. I can't spoil because they're that neat, but there's some some neat. Uh, little plot twist. I will oh, say, yeah. without spoilers, to anyone who does A12, if you are a DPS, or even if you're not, when you have to go into the bubbles, make sure that you look what's going on behind you when you're in the bubble, because it is one of the coolest moments of that little story sequence. There. Yeah, I didn't notice that until the second or third time through. Uh, I wish, I don't know, I feel like we should say something minimal about it, but basically, like, the theme behind Alexander, as it turns out, is time. He can control time. Yeah. So um, there's a moment where in the middle of a fight against Alexander, like, the, you know, the final form of Alexander himself, you have to go back into the past to stop him from doing something else. That happened in a cutscene beforehand, because, like, in the cutscene, uh, you know, he's about to wreck you, and then you get out of it. And the characters are like, uh, what just happened? Okay, well, I guess we got out of that. And then... When you're actually in the fight, you yourself are preventing yourself from getting killed in the past. It's super cool. It's like, super does it cool. involve yeah. a sports almanac? Uh, yes. It has a okay. lot of... There's a DeLorean... Um, Speaking of political commentary... <laughs> oh I'm, not, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. The, uh, the final fight with Alexander is it's so cool. It's, once again, proof that you know Final Fantasy XIV may be an MMORPG, but it is absolutely worthy of the Final Fantasy name, and it's providing these incredibly cinematic, high-quality, polished uh, experiences, storylines, visuals, music. Like, holy crap, you guys! If you if you still, after all oh. this gushing that we've had, don't want to play Final Fantasy XIV, which is fine because the MMOs are a time commitment. But even if you don't want to play it, like, go watch the damn fight on YouTube. Just go look up like Alexander. The music, like the new, the new final boss music in the dungeons. Oh my god! It's so good. Please, I, it saddens me to think that that we might only get that in like two other dungeons before expansion. So I mean, yeah. But yes, uh, that's super cool. The patch is uh, full of cool content. Was there anything else you wanted to add about that, Caitlin? Um, I mean, they added. Uh, Obviously, they added more, you know, the the next stage of uh, of getting of tome weapons and getting gear from from uh, Savage. Um, they added a new feature called Squadrons, where you can uh, recruit members of your Rand company and send them off on missions. Um, sort of like how you would send retainers off uh, on missions. You send them off for a certain period of time. They have a mission to accomplish and depending on their their level and the composition of the group, they can fail or they, they can succeed. 
um, that's another cool little thing that you can do. My one problem with it, though, is that you only get new recruits from completing challenges, and it's random whether or not completing a challenge gets you a recruit. I have yet to get a full squad because I have not gotten anyone from completing challenges. And I'm not an obsessive person who completes all of my challenges every week because why would I? I don't need the experience. Um, so that's that's a little unfortunate. Um, but that's a cool little thing to do, and it's the way that you level get the next rank up in your grand company. So uh, you got to do it if you want that rank up. They also introduced um, Wondrous Tales, which is basically at its core, it's another way to get people to do older content, um, just to make sure that there are people actually running stuff, so that people who aren't as you know aren't up to date can still get a reasonable queue. But it's a cute way that they do it. You help out this adorable little Mikote girl who likes to tell stories to make other people feel better and she wants to use you, the warrior of light, and your adventures as inspiration for her tale. So she gives you a book of various different dungeon raid, 24-man uh, content that you can do, and whenever you do one of those things you get a sticker. And the goal is to create lines and depending on how many lines you get, you'll get uh, you can get tomes, you can get gear, um, you know, other cool things like that. So it's just another, you know, weekly thing that you can do uh, to get a little reward out of it. And it's usually running. You're, I've never seen current content on Wondrous Tales, so it's always like yeah. stuff from the last patch or patches before. It's just another way to incentivize uh, older content, which is cool. I can see a point where it will become unnecessary or superfluous and maybe they'll update the system to have sort of the next tier of previously released content but i yeah it's amazing to me that the final fantasy 14 dev team continues to find ways to make the game interesting even for old stuff that you've already done before or to at least incentivize it you know yeah yeah i definitely think it's a useful addition to have i mean i'm seeing people putting up party finders to do like Shiva Extreme for Wondrous Tales. People who may be putting up party finders to like bring your Wondrous Tales will do everyone's or something like that. So it can be, you know, a good function just to get people doing older content again. Possibly a bigger and more important piece of news just came out of Final Fantasy Fan Fest in Las Vegas, which I had the pleasure of attending this past weekend. Um, for the record, uh, I did play, play the uh, Britney Spears slot machines, and I did win $10 on it, so uh, you can go ahead and live your lives with that knowledge. It was amazing! Okay? What, was it playing Toxic or Hit Me Baby one more time? <laughs> I played all of it. It was so, oh, it was so stupid. Oh, it was God. so hilarious. Uh, it, it's like you sit in this chair, and they have these speakers behind you in the, in the seat, and then they have the huge thing in front of you. And when I say slot machine, I don't think you understand the magnitude of what I'm saying. It's not just a little slot machine sitting in front of you. It's like a floor-to-ceiling, like ridiculous 10-foot-tall LED screen, flashing lights, Britney Spears is in your face, and uh, she helped me win $10, and I will be eternally grateful to her for that. So anyway, uh, Las Vegas, I was there. Fan Festival 2016, that's the year when it <laughs> happened, and uh, the first and biggest announcement to come out of that was the next expansion for Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah! It is, it is titled Stormblood, and it takes place in Alamigo, which is an area that players have known about, just like Ishgard, players have known about Alamigo for a long time. Um, it's sort of a 
desert-y area. It's more biodiverse than just deserts, but it's like an area sort of in the desert um, that is taken over by the Garlean Empire, who are these sort of de facto antagonists of kind of the entire FF14 uh, world so far. I mean, they're, they're the empire that's been trying to subjugate and oppress since the game uh, first came out, so, like since the Realm Reborn story, I mean. Uh, or actually, I guess since 1.0. Anyway, so it's taking us to Alamigo. Um, this time it focuses on uh, the sort of uh, people who are subjugated by the Empire and then the rebellion that's that's beginning, and they're even leading into that in the current story in the game that you can play right now. And the sort of key job that it's based around is the monk. Um, players may know that in Heaven's Word, the Dragoon was very important because the nation of Ishgard has the Dragoons in their employ, and they use them in the war against the dragons. Well, now in Alamigo, um, monks are sort of important to the culture there, and so they're going to play an important uh, role in the story. Um, the there's, I mean, they put out a bunch of information that's probably too specific, like to get into on the podcast for people who aren't players. Um, but I will say, the biggest teaser was um, they're going to be releasing new jobs, at least two, and basically one of them is going to be red mage, like with ninety percent certainty. Yeah. Um, uh, the game director, Naoki Yoshida, likes to kind of play with people, and uh, he came out re- in past fan festivals or live producer letters. He um, wore T-shirts that sort of teased upcoming jobs, so he had one with Batman on it that was a teaser for the Dark Knight class. Nice. And then he wore a 007 shirt that was a teaser for the Machinist class, which is a gunner. So this time he wore a Scarlet Witch shirt. And he was like, uh, well, you might want to look at my shirt, but I can't really say much more than that. So Red Mage is probably going to happen, and a lot of people have been asking for that in 14. And they've already uh, hinted at it with uh, some of the the events in 3.4, a certain character is all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. So uh, in addition to the new jobs, I mean, uh, something that I found very surprising is they're essentially overhauling the battle system mm-hmm. for 14, which is a really big deal for an MMO that has so many players and kind of in a established uh, gameplay flow. Uh, They're going to be consolidating a lot of the actions that aren't used so much. They want to make it so that there aren't quite as many buttons to hit or cooldowns to manage and that kind of stuff. They're redoing portions of the UI. Uh, It's it's substantial. It's, once again, (laughs) it's not just like, oh, we're going to add a new dungeon or two or whatever. It's like, no, they're they're going hard. They're going to completely redo a lot of the things in the game that people have been giving them feedback about. So... um, it has a really pretty CG trailer teaser. Uh, they put it out. You can look at it on YouTube. It's super cool. It features the uh, sort of titular warrior of light fighting with a mysterious girl who is almost certainly Ida, who is one of the, the scions of the Seventh Dawn in the game. Or someone related to I- Ida. Right. Mm-hmm. We don't that's, know. That's possible. We don't know yet, but money. my money's on Ida. So, yeah, there's a super pretty CG teaser that you can watch. You probably should, because if you're a fan of Square Enix's visual works department, um, there's a lot to to enjoy, take in there. So, yeah, the, the fan festival was a, a really great time. I will say that the uh, event wasn't managed all that well. I don't <laughs> know if you guys have seen much of the, the commentary for the fan festival on Twitter and elsewhere. Uh, the biggest thing was their, their merchandise booth was an absolute crap show. I mean... People, the, the, it was a two-day event, and people were sitting overnight for, like, 9, 10, 12 hours to get a chance to get a ticket to buy a piece of merchandise at their mm-hmm. merch booth, and they still weren't getting them. 
the most important or the, the sort of biggest thing that they were trying to sell there was they just released a lore encyclopedia for Final Fantasy XIV. Super cool. It's like 300 something pages and it has a ton of uh, story detail and information that's not even in the game yet. I think they said it was something like 20% just brand new information and then lots of sort of connecting threads that already exist and just a great place to sort of reference if you haven't played in a while or if you're interested in how some of the uh, relationships of the characters or factions or whatever uh, come together. So they were selling this lore book and I mean, they, it sold out immediately and they had a development panel on the second day of the show where they were like, yeah, we just released this lore book, go buy it, you should go buy it. And they kept pitching it and people were like, what the hell are you talking about? We can't, we literally can't buy this book. So there was a lot of backlash and outrage. Uh, well, outrage is probably a strong word, but there was a lot of backlash. I saw a lot of negativity on social media, and I heard a lot of people at the show were, were pretty pissed off about it. Not to mention the event staff there was actually pretty terrible. Um, they they hired some kind of a temp agency to staff a lot of the events. Like the They had mini games that you could play, like carnival games and uh, a live quest thing where you did a scavenger hunt, that kind of stuff. And the staff was just so rude and unhelpful. I imagine they must have been tired of uh, being asked the same questions every day. But... Oh. Those issues aside, I mean, it was a celebration of Final Fantasy XIV that made players of Final Fantasy XIV very happy. I'm glad I went. And the uh, they had co- two concerts, incredible. Uh, the first night was a piano concert with a bunch of brand new arrangements of Heavensward music. And the second was a concert with the Primals, which is the band headed up by the game's composer and the uh, the lead translator localizer, Michael Koji Fox. So awesome. It was like a heavy metal rock concert, but with Final Fantasy XIV music, and everybody was totally into it. Uh, great time, and Final Fantasy XIV is still very alive and going strong for the foreseeable future. All right, yeah, Rob. Uh-huh. Great. No, cool. Let me just no, unmute I, and... I, well, God, I, I, I'm, <laughs> God, I am sorry. We, we've been through this a million times, and the listeners are going to be like, okay, we get it. Rob doesn't like MMOs. I think it's awesome what Final Fantasy fourteen is. I just wish I was more into that style of game. I, I'm totally, totally messing with you, Rob. I know, I know. I know. And, I, and I think that, like, if if I was younger, like, if I was a kid, you know, still in high school or something, I could get a group of guys together, guys and gals together, to play the game like crazy. I'm sure I would be all over it. But, like, as I was uh, talking with Tucker about the other night on Facebook – my amount of free time to play video games is is getting like ripped apart right now, and it's just, you know, I have to really budget my time with what games I play. I mean, it's even hard for us to get the podcast together nowadays. Like, yeah. we're all really busy, and I think it's awesome that you have a group that that plays that game a lot. But I just, you know, I, I get my hours of gaming in at like two in the afternoon for maybe like an hour every Thursday. You know what I mean? Because of my job being that silly. Like, that's just the kind of that's the kind of job I have, and I, I'm not saying, oh, woe is me, but, you know, you, you have to make these decisions, and that's just something I have to continue to do. I got you. Don't worry. I won't give you crap for it anymore. I will give you crap for plenty of other stuff, but not for... Not for well, not playing Dragon Quest Seven. I mean, I, I'm, I'm loving this right now. I'm leveling... I, I just uh, leveled up my Thief. I, I am leveling up quite a bit over here. Mm, very good. This game, I, it, it is, it, it's amazing how much better a job system is. Uh, but, but no, it sounds like Final Fantasy XIV has this amazing community. Uh, they continue to add more and more stuff to the game. I think it's become a celebration of Square Enix, which is really smart. Um, and then Dragon Quest X got kind of left behind, and no word about whether or not that's ever going to come out in America. I don't think we can ever expect it at this point, unless maybe we got the NX version. 
Um, it's kind of weird that they have one MMO that, you know, is just insanely popular in America. You would think that maybe they would try to bring the other one. I don't know. It's weird. Uh, well, I think it's just logistically it's difficult and they have to manage servers, especially if, uh, if they yeah. decide to get servers here, that's a huge cost, money investment. Uh, and they may not want to have to deal with upkeep and having people staff it because they'll have to have regular maintenance for patches and like they'll need a community team. I mean, it's definitely not just as simple as like translate it and release it. They have to actively manage that until it dies. True. So, true. And it's not that I, I don't want it to come out here because I do, but I can kind of understand why it hasn't still. Mm-hmm. And then uh, what's the deal with, uh, I think Final Fantasy XIV is leaving behind the PlayStation 3 version yes, with the latest was, expansion? Yes, as of 4.0, PS3 will no longer be supported. So now, Can you carry your characters through to PlayStation 4? Oh, or PC? Yes. Yeah, and you can I, upgrade to PS4 for free. Yeah. And can you, go, can you go to PC? Uh, it's it's cross-play, isn't it? You yeah, it to- is. You have to buy the PC version if you want that, but yeah. you can you can upgrade from PS3 to PS4 for free all the way until the end of 2017. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's great. Great. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds pretty fair. Yeah, no, that, that there's nothing wrong with that, and that you know keeps people going, and you know people seem to like it more than Destiny, so that's that's why it's nice. Because <laughs> it oh. has it has oh, more story boy. than Destiny. I, I I still don't understand the Destiny thing, but you know that's uh, that's neither here that's, nor there. That's that's a whole other can of worms. That, um, that's one, all, that'll be fun. One last thing you mentioned is they didn't give us they didn't give a specific release date for uh, Stormblood, but we. Did I say that correctly? Yeah. Uh, but they did say it's going to be coming out next summer. Cool. We don't know. I think early, early summer. summer. So yeah. we're looking at maybe late May, June, which is about when 3.0 came out. Uh, way, ba- way back when. It feels like it's forever ago, but yeah. So please look forward to it. Please look forward to it. Derek, uh, uh, sorry, not Derek. Uh, Tucker, were you trying to get in there on the Destiny uh, backlash there? Oh, yeah. I, I I do not regret at all having given that game a, a really bad review. I, I think you, you were right. You were right. I, I have only played the demo of that game, and I have never been so just turned off. Uh, it, it just did nothing for me. Like even even what people always tout about, like the Halo games having that that great sense of shooting, I didn't even feel that. Like it just didn't feel good. It felt like the worst part of Borderlands. And good lord, who the hell knows what's going to happen with Destiny Two? I think it's it's interesting to hear that maybe Luke Smith, you know, the the former uh, One Up Yours uh, podcaster, you know, one of the one of the voices that got me into this whole thing, uh, he might be game directing that which is kind of nuts to think about, but man, I hope they can turn that into something because you talk about a great idea that just... Okay, so one thing I'll say is it's it doesn't have the same problems necessarily that Final Fantasy XIV 1.0 had, mm-hmm. but 1.0 was also really problematic and they completely turned it around sure. with 2.0. Sure. So it is entirely possible. There's still, I feel, a good... Backbone in Destiny. What drew me into Destiny was the back was the the back setting of the story, the universe. It just they didn't ever really um, ca- cash in, capitalize. I feel like what they created, they gave you an interesting background, but didn't really bring any of it into the foreground. 
that can be fixed. They could mm -hmm. seriously overhaul the story and the way that you play content uh, in the game as well. So, I mean, it's I don't want to necessarily write Destiny off. Destiny 2 could fix Destiny the way that um, 2.0 and beyond in 14 fixed uh, 1.0. So it's it's not like it's a you know a, a doomed ship. Sure, true. Sure. No, uh, I, I agree with you there. Hear me out. I think I know how we fix Destiny. Okay, here we go. Cowboys, listen to me. Listen to me. Cowboys developed by Rockstar and with the aesthetics of Westworld. Haven't seen Westworld. Don't care for Rockstar. I. I don't want GTA in my in my MMOs. I'm sorry, well, no. Uh, it, well, uh, you know, and, and I'm not trying to turn this into a Red Dead conversation, but I think Grand Theft Auto V really showed me that I am I'm burned out of the open world formula that does not have a clear uh, gameplay principle. Like every mission in Grand Theft Auto V was just another mini game slash you've never done this before, and I found that very unappealing. But the reason I liked Red Dead so much is because that the the shooting and horseback riding in that game was very immersive. It felt like a lot of fun, and to have a bigger version of that, you know, whatever the next one might be, that's pretty cool. I'm I, I'm excited, and I. I want Rockstar to grab me again. I really liked Max Payne 3. I seem to be one of like the two people on, in the world that did. Uh, but Grand Theft Auto 5, I did not enjoy any aspect of that game, and I actually stopped after about 10 hours. I just, I, I think open world games, having a, a succinct gameplay loop is not a bad thing in an open world game. I think RPGs can handle that very well, and so I would like to see them, you know, go, go for something with a, a Red Dead whatever don't just give me, you know, random things. And also, I, I I know I might catch some flack for this. Can we stop with the juvenile writing a little bit? Like, all the guys in Grand Theft Auto V were just saying the F word over and over again. Oh, yeah. Really, really nasty comments, not just to other people, but to just everybody. Like, there was no... It, Tony Soprano is a terrible human being, but he is at least redeemable as a character. Like, you can have a discussion about what he does and who he takes care of. The guys in Grand Theft Auto V were just a bunch of jerks. Like, I just, I hated them. And I, I think there's something to be said for an anti-hero, but they need to work on their writing a little bit. I think it's it's very juvenile, and it doesn't work anymore in today's today's gaming scene. But that's just, that's just my two cents. You know, I haven't, I haven't seen the new series, but I've seen the old movie of Westworld a couple of times. And, you know, what you're saying there, it actually makes me think, yeah, they could make like a, the, I don't, yeah, <laughs> one sentence at a time, man, one sentence at a time. So, like, like Fred Armisen's character on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. New Westworld. Go ahead, go ahead, Tucker. At least in the movie, there's, it's actually like, okay, it's this big amusement park and there's, there's different worlds. There's Westworld and like Roman world and space world and whatever else. And it makes me think, like, what if they made a game that had a setting like that where, you know, things went crazy and you ended up, like, going from one place to the other where you got, you know, all your Western equipment and now all of a sudden you're in Roman world. And yep. Mm -hmm. like, it feels like it could be really, like, really cool and interesting if they if they did it 
uh, you know, right. Westworld has been incredibly awesome on TV so far. Uh, I am absolutely in love with it. And you can really tell that the, the people that made the show were influenced by things like Skyrim and, uh, open world games like Grand Theft Auto, because there is like a gameplay loop to all of the, uh, animatronic characters. And it's, it's really disturbing. Like that, that whole lens of like, oh, when I'm playing a Grand Theft Auto game, like I'm going to run everybody over and shoot people. And when you see that play out in horrific detail in what, you know, you would one day probably play in a virtual reality simulator, it's kind of terrifying. Like, it's really messed up. And I think that's one of the things that Red Dead, I never felt the need to go on a rampage in that game because I was that character of James Marsden. And so I don't think there's anything wrong with having a game that does that, that makes you feel so strongly about a core character character and their principles and ideas. And so I want to see more of that. Like Skyrim ends up having you be the the hero to everybody, you know, that you're the the head of the warriors guild, the head of the mages guild, the you're you're like grand Puban emperor of the land and you're also the the deadliest assassin. Like that like that eventually it brings very false. I kind of like the whole nature of being a character, a cog in this machine. I think that's way more interesting. Hmm. Everybody watch Westworld. Just, just. I'd like to. It's, need, it's on my watch to, list. I have to watch Stranger Things. It's uh, okay. Stranger Things is good, but don't expect it to change your life. It's, it's, it's a seven out of ten. It is really clever, but it needed to be eight episodes. Uh, Jackie's yelling at me that it's an eight out of ten. Uh, okay, the music was fantastic. I agree with you, sweetheart. But like that, that sh- it goes a little too long. It should have been eight episodes instead of ten. It, it loses. It, they they do a couple things where you're like, okay, you, you did kind of the da-da-da ending at the end of an episode. You resolved it in the first five minutes, and now I'm bored again. Like, well, it's they still... Up, they had to stop because they caught up with the manga. And... <laughs> the Dragon Ball Z argument. Are we getting a new series of uh, Attack on Titan next year? Isn't that the isn't that the threat that we're getting right now? The threat... Well, like if yeah. you don't eat your vegetables, you get more Attack on Titan. <laughs> okay, no, the second half would be if they like forced Naruto or Bleach on us or something. No, I mean, the second half of Attack on Titan no, was no, no, not good. Don't force the ending of Bleach on us, please. Oh boy, <laughs> I All refuse right. to accept that ending. I'm sorry. So what else do we have to talk about here? Let me let me take a look at the old list here. Uh, World of Final Fantasy. What the hell is this game? I just finished the demo and I don't know. What's the deal with World of Final Fantasy? It's Final Fantasy Pokemon. <laughs> I mean, isn't it? It yeah, it does. Because I mean, like you fight monsters, and if you, I'm not quite sure. It's like you, if you use the right attacks, it's not just weakening them. You have to use the right attacks. You can then in and I this pun is gonna destroy me. In prism, not in. It's a play on in prison and then oh. prism and it. Oh. I, Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm just going to say, if people thought that uh, Mog in Final Fantasy t- uh, 13-2 was annoying, I think your little sidekick buddy in this demo, is their their uh, speech mannerism just, I don't like it. Anyway, so you capture them and then you can use them in battle, but it's just, it's an interesting little demo. It's basically just a gameplay demo, and you, you get little clips that show you, I guess, what's... Like, there is a story, apparently. I don't know what's going on, but it's cute. It's cute. It's also kind of weird. It's uh, it's doing the kind of, like, 
they're, they're trying really hard to infuse it with comedy uh, all the time. And, well, at least as far as I played. Okay, so I'm playing this for review. I should probably back up a second. Playing it for review. I just started it today, and I've played it for 40 minutes. So, I mean, it's, like, really early, so I can't make any kind of uh, long-reaching assessments here. But, the, yeah, what I get from it is it's trying to be Final Fantasy Pokemon, which is something I'm totally here for. Mm-hmm. And the the characters are sort of like, I mean, it's a brother and sister. They kind of do, like, the comedy duo thing, where the sister is a little bit more straight-laced and keeps the brother in line. And their brother is like, oh, kind of wacky. But uh, so far, <laughs> I'm not. So far, I'm not bothered really by it. It's a little cheesy, but uh, the the voice acting I find to be pretty good, and the delivery of the lines makes it a little less terrible than it could be. With the exception of the mascot character, who has the annoying vocal tick where he puts the word "the" in front of words for no reason. Yes. Like, that. Oh, that's a, the mirage that we need to the kill right now. Like, oh, oh, it's, it's oh, terrible. no. Yeah, it annoyed like me in, like, two lines in the demo. I'm like, I can't play you'll, an entire game with you'll this. You'll vomit blood when you, when you hear it. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty oh, bad. vomit blood. It's, oh, uh, God. But aside from that, um, I, I feel like... That in the review, right? Please. Uh, it, it's pretty polished, visually, audio-visually. Uh, it has Masashi Hamuzu doing the music. Yes, I'm mentioning the music. Oh, my God. He's one of my favorite composers. It sounds so good so far. Um, but yeah, it's it's like a really polished presentation Final Fantasy Pokemon thing. I think that the uh, the story will obviously have more of a structure and take some... I don't want to say it's going to take dark turns because I have no idea. But it's uh, I've heard that it has like an actual story to follow, not just little silly bits. Um, and it it does set that up. Like the It kind of moves quickly. The whole premise is... Uh, your the two main characters are these twins who apparently once commanded an army of mirages, which are just like the Final Fantasy monsters that serve as Pokemon. And that's all they really tell you. And they're like, oh, you need to travel to other worlds and get your memories back. And they go, huh, well, okay, sure. Like, it's it's kind of threadbare, but uh, I imagine the details will fill in as I go along. Oh. I'm pretty interested in it. I. I was afraid... Okay, initially I wrote this game off because I don't like the, the little chibi character style in this one. I just think it looks kind of... Eh, they're, they're a little too squashed. They look kind of out of place to me. It looks um, like a mobile. I mean, like it doesn't look like a mobile, but the using the chibi characters makes me feel like it's, like, you know... Yeah. The whole idea was a mobile um, game. Right, and I've already discovered that it's easy. You can just, with a, a quick button combination, you can swap between the little chibis and the full-size character models in any map at any time. Uh, the only difference is, like, that actually has a mechanical purpose because the whole battle system is built around you having your mirages, Final Fantasy Pokemon, and stacking them on your head. Like, or you, you build a stack of characters, and depending on whether... Like, if you're a large person, you can put a small monster on your head. If you're a small person, you can ride on a large monster. So you're trying to find different combinations of essentially uniting your characters to make them do more powerful attacks and stuff. Um, So there is a a functional reason to switch sizes, but uh, if at all possible, I'll probably always play the game as the larger people, you know. Uh, Yeah, I I thought this was going to be kind of like a throwaway game, but what I've seen so far convinces me that they actually put effort into it, so. Is it as Monster Hunter as some people are saying? Um, is it as it Monster does, Hunter? It doesn't play like Monster Hunter. That's what. Yeah, it's a turn-based Final RPG. Fantasy. Oh, yeah. okay. I, I don't know where I was getting. Maybe World. Of, maybe I'm thinking of World of Final. Which one? 
no, Final Fantasy Explorers. Yeah, that's Maybe a that's good game. Th- okay. That game, yeah. that game okay. sucks. Okay, okay, okay. Oh. <laughs> I remember I really wanted that game to be good. Yeah, me too. Oh, I, I put like 20 hours into it. Total waste of my time. Oh, that's a shame. It's just, it's just Monster Hunter, but bad. I don't really know how else to describe it. Yeah. That, that's what? of course very reductive. Okay, you can you can find a more thorough assessment elsewhere. Get out of here. Get out of my podcast. Well, I mean, if you didn't like it, you didn't like it. Like yeah. that—that's one of those. Like, what 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 it ends up coming down to is, did you like the game? And if you don't like the game, well, then you're that, that's kind of all you need to know. Right. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, it's. I don't think it's reductive to say like I didn't like this game. You know, th- there's something to be said for having a critical analysis of it, but sometimes the game just sucks. Like, th- there's not a whole lot you can do about that. Maybe maybe I'm the one being very reductive no. right now. <laughs> I th- uh, yeah, there's room for balanced assessments. There's room for hot takes, which is what that was. That was just me saying I don't like it. Here are the top 15 things we want out of oh Red Dead God. Retribution. No. What, what, why are we doing this? It's going to be Red Dead Retribution. You, you don't think it's, it's going to be uh, Red Dead Dawn or Red Dawn or something? If it was Red Dawn and there's just somebody on a hill, no, 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 no. If there's if it's Red Dawn, it's just somebody screaming on a hill, Wolverines. Like I'm, I'm totally into that. Like that sounds great. Oh boy. Okay, what else we got to talk about here? Uh, bringing up the uh, bringing up the old. Listy. Hey Tucker, what have you been playing? <laughs> I've been playing a lot of stuff recently. Actually, like a shocking amount of stuff. We don't need to talk about. Uh, but I've been playing Fallout 4, and I know people. some people did not like it. I'm really, really liking it a lot. Cover your ears, Rob. You're not hearing this, Rob. Oh, a bunch of hours man. into it. But I'll, I'll, let it, I'll let it go at that. You've talked about it enough on the show. Well, just, did you play Fallout I, 3? I did, yeah. 3, New Vegas, so 1, did I. 2. I even played Brotherhood of Steel, which was horrible, and I reviewed it for the site, and you should like go read it because... <laughs> It will be less painful than playing well, it was. Well, now, real quick to Caitlin, Caitlin, how many hours of Fallout Four did you play? Uh, I got to Diamond City. That's where I. Left That's where off. you stopped, right? Because it yes. was so engaging that you kept playing it, right? Because something, something else came out. When was that? Something better came out. That that's what I'm getting. <laughs> No, not something better, just something I wanted to play because it just came out. This is what happened. This happens to me with a lot of yeah. games where I start playing them and then something else comes out that I really want to play because it just came out. Oh, like, I, I agree. I like agree. Tokyo Mirage Sessions. I have got to get it back to Tokyo Mirage Sessions, but I stopped playing it because patches for Final Fantasy XIV came out. That doesn't mean that Tokyo Mirage Sessions is bad or not engaging. It's just I had I'm something more pressing to do it with. I have liked yeah. what I played of Fallout 4. I cannot imagine that what I have yet to play on Fallout 4 is going to turn me off so much that I'm going to write the game off. I also don't have the mechanical problems with it that you do, so I'm more positive on it, so I'm kind of with Tooker. Yeah. And I also beat okay. uh, Fallout 3, so... No, that, that, there's that's room for all opinions. No, there are. I just I think that game... Again, I, I, I just don't want to completely rewrite history on that game, but I just, you know, it was fun, it was okay, but it was an iterative game when I think yeah, I wanted a little bit more. Yeah, uh, see, I, I will say, like, I'm 100% okay with just more Fallout 3. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah, that's totally fine. That's so, totally fine. Uh, when you were talking about building settlements and stuff, and, or building, like, your towns and stuff in, uh, uh, in Dragon Quest Builders, and, you know, what I was thinking 
was in Fallout 4. Like I'm I'm supposed to be like building these settlements, and I'm like I don't care. There's like three beds, three people <laughs> live here. I'm not building any more beds because I don't want more people to come live here. Yeah, because we just don't want to interact with them at all. Exactly. Like, I got I got other stuff to do. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I also played uh, Day of the Tentacle recently. Um, uh, got a review coming out for that. It's a it, you know it came out on like everything known to man uh, a little while back, and it was on uh, sale on PSN for like a couple of bucks recently. And it's a great old um, point and click adventure game. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's got some weird puzzles, um, but you know, that's, that's a lot of fun. Uh, you say reviews coming out as soon as we find a good slot in the schedule for it. We got other things that are more important and pressing to, uh, to get reviews out. Um, I've been playing uh, Paper Mario uh, Color Splash. Paint by numbers, as Rob wants to call it. I, I yeah. think we were going with Connect the Dots, Paper Mario. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I put up a, a preview of that after I had gotten through, like, the first couple of big story beats. Um, and, and people who have listened to the podcast long enough will probably remember I came on when Sticker Star came out, as, as Rob hinted at earlier. And I am one of the few people who really enjoyed Sticker Star. Uh, I recognize that I was the anomaly there. Burn the witch! <laughs> and that's okay. Um, <laughs> um, but the thing is, um, Color Splash is really like Sticker Star 2, except a little more frustrating. Oh. So if you tried Sticker Star and did not like it, you definitely won't like Color Splash. Oh, hooray. I can't wait to not play it ever then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think my biggest thing is just that, like, okay, in, in Sticker Star, you know, you had to run around and collect stickers, and every time you attacked somebody, you used up the sticker that you attacked them with. Um, you had a little album, and as time went on, you got more pages in the album that you could put your stickers in for, your like, your inventory. In Color Splash you have cards and um, that's how you attack and they get used up with every attack, same as the stickers. Right. But they're not like stuck to the environment everywhere. Um, one of the main ways that I tend to get cards is that as you go through the game, there are spots on the ground that aren't painted or spots on the walls that aren't painted. You hit it with your hammer and paint it. And then, like, coins and cards will, will pop out of that. But once you paint it, it stays painted forever. So then you end up taking those coins and going back to the store in town and buying attacks at the store, which is not uh, – it's, it's not really engaging. It's not a fun game mechanic. And that paint that you're using to paint those spots – you have like a limited amount of it Ugh. at any given time. Why? So you have to like, you know, go hit other things to, to get paint back. And some of the cards that you get for attacks are already painted. And some are like just a black and white outline of the attack. And before you can use them, you have to paint them like in battle. Mm. So just you're also constantly so having to, pick up paint right and, and it's not that you are like always in danger of running out of paint 
it's that you're always having to like collect these two things. And then one last thing is in sticker star, you had all the little album pages and only a certain number of cards fit on an album page. And you had to like, you know, if you're in a, a fight, you got to change pages to get to the one that you want. And that was, that worked okay. Right. But I guess as, as long as you were okay with the central, you know, mechanic to begin with having pages worked fine in color splash, all of your cards are just in a big giant line and you just have to like physically scroll through them with your stylus or finger on the screen of the Wii U pad to get back, you know, to the ones that you want. So, uh, each stupid battle takes longer than it needs to. Cause now you're scrolling back through 80 cards to find the weak jump that you want to use on this crappy Goomba. Yeah. That kind of stuff drives me crazy. Yeah. And yet, <laughs> despite all of that, I'm mostly enjoying it. Mm-hmm. But that stuff is is like it takes it, you know, it just it makes it a game that you know, it it's kind of like, you know, Rob was saying again about Dragon Quest Builders earlier where there's a lot of stuff that you enjoy and then there's these other parts that make you just Ugh! and that's how that's how Color Splash is as well. That there's those elements mm-hmm. of it that make you go Oh, I I do not like this at all. But mm-hmm. on the whole, I'm not. You know, I'm having I'm having an okay time with it. Yeah, it, it's tough right. when there there are aspects of a game that you like that make you so, want to pull your hair out. Yeah, well, what uh, so like what specifically do you really like about it? Is it the presentation? Is it? I mean, how's the writing? Is the music um, good? Because I've heard the music is good. Music is really good. Yeah, um, and actually, when you um, in each level where there's those unpainted spots, if you get all the spots painted in a level, then back in town, you unlock like all the music from that level in a jukebox uh, and you can you know listen to it at your leisure. But the music is really great. Uh, visually, it, it looks really good. Uh, it looks like you would expect a Paper Mario game to look. Um, the um, I'm there's There's been a number of different like puzzle type things uh that i've enjoyed in the game uh like there's there's one level that's what's it called the dark the dark blue in but it's b-l-o-o and i was like okay i'm gonna go to this this place and it's gonna be a bunch of ghosts booze like i've seen in like however many previous paper mario games and uh you know but that's not what it was (laughs) instead i went there and it was ghosts but it's toad ghosts and they are invisible at the beginning. So you kind of have to figure out a, like where is there probably a toad and you can figure it out. It's not like, you know, rocket science, but you can figure it out and you got to paint them in and then they'll tell you like what their dilemma is. That's sort of keeping them there. Um, And that level actually, you know, turned out to be pretty fun as they tried to solve those little puzzles and, uh, you know, it was a little different than what I've seen in previous games. Mm-hmm. Um, there's uh, there's also there's one level where you're in a forest that uh, as soon as you walk in, you're like, something is weird about this place. Oh yeah, everything is giant. Um, all the trees are giant. The enemies are giant. Whenever you get a card, it's the giant version of the regular attack. 
Um, and now the level that I'm on right now <laughs> is everything is tiny. Um, and so there's, you know, just some stuff like that. That's, you know, where it does change it up a little bit and, and make things fun and, and different. And you got to kind of think about it, but I'll admit, you know, because of the things that are frustrating to me about it, I really try to avoid combat as much as I can. Mm. Well, that's a shame for, for a game like that. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, that this is another one. If, if they just made Paper Mario Thousand Year Door 2, I would, I would be more than happy with that. I would buy copies for my friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, there was a, a... I forget what the name of the segment is, but Game Informer does a, a segment where they'll kind of have, like, discussions, not just a podcast, but they, I think... Was it replay? I don't know. That's for older stuff. It doesn't matter. Anyway, they had a segment where there were four people on camera talking about favorite Mario Color Splash, and uh, one of them was doing a really good job of explaining why he was so frustrated with it, and he basically said it boils down to they have all of these incredibly creative ideas when it comes to world design and writing and character creation and and visual design, Um, but then they're sort of marring it by throwing in these unnecessarily complicated systems that just kind of take the place of things that would ordinarily work fine. Like we don't want just regular attacks. We want consumable items to be attacks because it's different. And it's like, you tried it in sticker star and it didn't work. Well, it didn't work for everybody back then. And then, so they're doing it again. And it kind of seems like they've doubled down by having two types of consumable things that you have to manage. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it makes you wonder, like, is it just sort of a, a, stubbornness to try and find something that's quote unquote innovative and ignoring the fact that it's not actually making for a better game or, or are they really standing behind it? Is it like, no, we think this is a better system. I wonder every once in a while with a system like the Wii U and and where have they put some game mechanics in just because we need to use all the, the things pad, that right? we put into yeah. this console. Yeah. Oh, well we got to have you know, swipe across the thing for all your cards because got to swipe things, got to touch the screen to paint the card in. Yeah. Um, I, I hate that. Just having it there for gimmick's sake. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's, it's kind of like uh, when the Vita came out, there was the uncharted game that came after it and it had all of these yes. little screen, screen swipey QTE type things just because it had a touch screen. It was like, don't, yeah. don't do that. You don't need you to use do that. Use the back touch screen to go. No, never yeah. use the back touch <laughs> ever, ever. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if that developer specifically got told, though. Like, you have oh, to have yeah. that feature, that feature, that feature, because this is the new console. So, uh-huh. uh, absolutely. I'm sure yeah. they did get told that. Mm-hmm. All right. So, yeah. So, Sticker Star. I got one more game to talk about, too, but any other? We won't talk about this anymore. <laughs> no, no, I, I... Get it out of here! Hey, I don't want to beat it too far into the ground. But... It's weird that they got the the Paper Mario games, and then they've also got the uh, the Mario and Luigi games, and now people seem to be much higher on the Mario and Luigi games these days. Yeah, yeah, and and you know that that's another thing, you know, the, about those mechanics. Uh, Paper Mario in um, Paper Jam was was really cool and he had really cool mechanics where for anybody who didn't play that one uh you played as mario and luigi from the mario and luigi games but also as paper mario so you had three people in the party um and uh paper mario would build up like stacks of himself and when somebody attacked one of the uh you know one of paper mario's stack 
guys went away. So there were five of them. Now there are four of them. Um, and then you could refresh the stack at like any point. And his attacks were unique where if you used the hammer, the, the guys in the stack would all split up and each of them would hit a different enemy with the hammer. And they did so many cool creative things with that in that game. Yeah. So it's like, why couldn't they carry that over to this one? Right. Yeah. Yep. It's a shame. Oh. Yeah, well, I probably won't pick that one up anytime soon. If I'm going to grab a another game to throw in my backlog, it'll be Dragon Quest Builders. Yeah, sounds like it. Uh, so the other game just started with uh, Exist Archive, which comes out uh, on the 18th. Um, so very soon as we record this, but probably it will have just come out when you listen to this. Um, but uh, played that on the uh, on our Twitch channel, on our stream uh, last Sunday, and uh, had a lot of fun with it. Um, Sakuraba made the music, so I'm pretty sure we'll probably hear some stuff from it on uh, Rhythm Encounter. Um, maybe, maybe. <laughs> it looks really, really good. Um, yeah, like the motion capture in that game is absurdly good for some reason. Yeah, yeah, the animation is really is really nice, um, and the I think they did a good job with like putting all kinds of you know crazy light sources and stuff into it without being uh, so much that it overwhelms the detail of like how is this level physically constructed? How do I move around in it? Um, which is definitely a, a risk when you have that kind of design with lights and things everywhere. Um, I should say for anybody who doesn't kind of know how it works, it's a, a side-scrolling game in the main you know, action. Uh, you walk around, you jump around, trying to kind of move through your environment and get to a, a goal. Uh, in the level, but uh, you run into enemies from time to time. They're there, you know, visible on the environment, and you can try and hit them first to, you know, break into combat right is on the attack. Um, but then, in the attack or in the in the battles, it's more of a, a 3D, um, you know, play field. You don't move around in it, you know, left and right or whatever. But you can see like your whole player models instead of just them from the side. Um, like you do in the running around the level part of the game. Yeah, and not to be reductive, but uh, an easy visual comparison is it's Valkyrie Profile, basically. Yeah. Um, it's mm -hmm. same company, same musical composer. It's it's very much got the bones of Valkyrie Profile. So if you've played that, you know exactly uh, what, it, what it's going to look like. Yeah, we had some some folks who were uh, watching the stream who were big fans of those games, and that's, that's what they said as well is... Um, it matches up really well with that experience, including um, you start out, of course, just by yourself and your dude who hits things with sticks. And then a little ways in, not, I mean, like we got to it during an hour and a half stream uh, with plenty of time to spare. You catch up with your friends and you have like a couple of people who throw magic attacks and a dude with guns and then you guy who hits things with sticks um, and the the magic attacks are kind of really slow and so when you what you do in in, in your attack phase of, of the combat is you hit one of the face buttons for each of your characters in like the order that you want them to attack 
So if say you're, you got the magic user on the circle button, you want to hit that circle button first to have her start throwing her magic attack and then throw in a couple of shots from the uh, gun guy and hits with sticks guy. And at some point in that process, that magic attack is going to hit. Um, so you, you kind of have to learn that timing and right. figure out how to maximize the output, which they said is, you know, very much like the Valkyrie profile. Yeah. It's all about juggling foes, racking up a higher combo. And uh, a little bit later in the game, you unlock something called, uh, I think it's demons greed is what it's called, which is basically yeah. like your limit breaks. Yeah. Um, so the higher you rack up combos with people, you fill up this gauge and then you can start unleashing supers, which is kind of your goal in every combat encounter. So, yeah, I mean, I'm only, you know, a couple hours into the game, but, uh, really, you know, was having fun with it so far. And the, it, it includes both English and Japanese audio, which people nice. seem pretty happy about. Um, the, voice actors on, on the stream at least folks seem to feel like the Japanese voice actors were better um, I always have a hard time gauging because like I don't, I don't speak that language yeah so, yeah you know um, but neither of them is really terrible uh, and then the other thing that when I stumbled across it everybody was pretty excited about it's so dumb we were all really happy to see that you can remap the buttons oh yeah that'd be nice for running around the the you know, like when you're running around, by default, I think X is uh, jump and circle is attack. I don't remember. Uh, but you can, you know, you can remap all that stuff. So I always feel like more games should make that an option. Uh -huh. Yeah, I just think that, that that should just be a thing always. Yeah. yeah. And how? I don't know. I mean, I'm not a game. I'm not a, a game developer, but always, it's one of those things that you always think, how hard could that be? Yeah. Right. And yeah. if, if your game can be broken or ruined by having a swappable control scheme, then you're probably doing something wrong. Yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. Well, I think that's all the gaming that we have to talk about, correct? Uh, Derek, anything in news that we should be excited about besides we mentioned it at the beginning of the podcast, but potential Diablo 4? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's, I guess that what it was a teaser BlizzCon loot or like a pre-orderable thing, something like that. Uh, there's a four-sided die somewhere that sort of seems to point to Diablo 4. I don't really I, know the details, but... I, I mean, I, I'm kind of of two minds about it because on the one hand, it would be very out of character for Blizzard to announce the sequel to a game this early. But at the same time, they're a very different company, especially in the past three or four years than they have been in the past. And those Diablo console games made bank and were very well received. So wouldn't surprise me if they've kind of said, you know what, Diablo could kind of be our console game. Like, you know, they've obviously had a lot of success with Overwatch as well, but you could make a Diablo 4, I would imagine. But I, I would I would expect a an expansion before an actual Diablo 4 right now. But that's that's just me, and I'll probably be proven wrong at uh, at BlizzCon. I think BlizzCon is the beginning of November, I want to say. Yeah, it's in two or three weeks, so yeah. it's coming up pretty soon. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you, Rob, I'm, I'm with you. I, I would also expect to see a, a, an expansion before a, a new game. Uh -huh. But uh, 
we we both could be wrong, but at least we won't be wrong together. No, no, and, and I think you know another Diablo would be great, and you know we were talking about Destiny and and Final Fantasy fourteen. Talk about another game that kind of came up from the ash heap of public opinion to be something pretty special. So you know we're we're, we're holding out hope, Destiny. But we're holding out hope. <laughs> make des- hashtag make destiny make great, great again. Oh, you got there before. Well, that. no, make destiny great to begin with. Yes. Make, make, make <laughs> I went there. Great. Scathing. Yeah. I went there. Oh, uh, what else? There's a, a kind of a teaser out there for a new Bravely game, Bravely Third, perhaps, since they just celebrated the, I think, fourth anniversary since the first game released in Japan. Oh um, there was a little teaser image that went out and they were like, you know, happy anniversary. And I guess people are speculating that that may, may lead to an announcement of Bravely Third, which I don't know, guys. I don't know if I want Bravely Third. Speaking, I mean, okay, that's a game that not because of other games coming out, but because I was bored of playing it, I never beat Bravely, Bravely Default. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So if you uh-huh. want to know a game that just kind of eventually turned me off, yeah, that's it. Second, I ended up liking the gameplay of a lot better just because of those few small tweaks that they made. Uh, and I beat it, but I think that third really needs to shake stuff up if it's going to be well-received. Or maybe not. I mean, people really like that, so maybe they just want another sort of classic, solid, turn-based RPG with uh, new stuff, which is I'm, I'm totally for. I just think the Bravely series in particular I might be a smidge burned out on. Hmm. Bring, uh, bring Revo back. Yeah, Do it. Seriously. Um, I mean, there's a demo out for World of Final Fantasy, which we already addressed, and uh, you guys can try that right now. As of this recording, it's already out on the PSN, and I am reviewing the, the game proper, and I'll have that out hopefully in the next week. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, what else is new? New Pokemon were announced, which is uh, to be expected, yeah. <laughs> new Alola forms, like, every day. Yeah, right? Cool. Yeah, I I don't think that there are any other really huge announcements. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 2.8 is going to get 4K support, which, I mean, kind of duh. So it's it's coming out after the PS4 Pro, so I just kind of assume. And they told me that I should get uh, very excited for uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 because uh, Sora has gone from sitting to standing to walking in the art. Ooh. Yeah. Wait, wait. Yeah. Like, no, like an Nomura, evolution thing? No, no, Nomura had nothing to talk about with Kingdom Hearts, so instead he just started talking about the damn art for uh, the three uh, Kingdom Hearts re-releases and how Sora has gone from sitting to standing to walking. And I'm like, can, can you give us like some real info on Kingdom Hearts 3, or am I going to be proven right and we're going to see a Final Fantasy 7 whatever before Kingdom Hearts 3? Well, I'd be interested to see what happens once 15 has been released next month, once they yeah. get that out the door, because after 15, that's the next big thing uh-huh. on the on, on, on their docket as far as, like, JRPGs are concerned, so... I would agree with you, yeah. And, you know, hopefully 15... I, I gotta say, every time they've shown off 15, it has looked better, you know, yeah. that, that, that E3 yeah. demo notwithstanding, every time they've shown that yeah. game off, it's looked way better. Even the comparison shots of the Blue Sky region from from mm-hmm. the original demo to right now, it's like what a difference. Yeah, it's like what Just, what what were you guys doing showing that off before? Yeah. Like, yeesh. Well, well now uh, I think anyone is like who was like, oh, we have to wait two more months. Like, look at what they did in two yeah. more months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
And, and I was behind that. It just, again, the reasoning for that delay sounded a little suspect, but uh, if they just needed to make the game better, I don't think anyone was going, well, some people get pissed off about that because they're completely unreasonable. But like, I was like, okay, uh, make the game better. That seems totally fine with me. So keep doing that. Mm. And I just made uh, my main character into a pirate in Dragon Quest VII. Oh, congratulations. I'm, uh, I'm very You are a pirate. <laughs> like the Lazy Town. He has a little I hat. Yep. He has a little He has a little pirate hat. I have one final piece of news before we call it a night here, and that's that Danganronpa 1 and 2 are coming oh, to yeah. PlayStation 4. Oh, my God. We didn't one talk about reload. the internet. Oh, my oh God. Oh, my man. God. Holy, holy crap. Did you finish it? Fail. I, Fail, I Robert. Oh, oh, Robbie. Uh, yes, I did, in fact. Uh, oh my God. So what's funny to me is that a lot of people had a really bad opinion of that anime. Um, they liked one half of it and didn't like the other half. Because they watched I, it wrong? I liked both halves of it a lot, and I, I actually got, I don't want to say I got emotional, but I, I kind of had a giant grin on my face toward the end, uh, and I don't want to say any more than that. The very, but, very end? Yes, oh, I, I, I jumped out of my chair. <laughs> uh, well, uh, no, wait, 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 wait. The very, very end, I was a little pissed about, but the that episode was awesome. But I, okay. I think, I think they, they, I, I can't say. Just, just watch the anime, people. Derek and I will. So, I'm gonna run for three. I, I thought it was good. Um, what, what's interesting is I, I'm pretty sure you're supposed to alternate episodes because Dongan Rumpa three is released um, as like two separate series, two arcs: the Despair arc and the Future arc, and uh, there, there was an episode of each released every week in Japan. I'm like 90% sure you're supposed to swap between them. Like watch one episode, because that's what I did. Yeah, I watched that's, one, that's one, spare, one feature, one yeah. spare, one feature. Because that makes sense, because every every episode complements the other and tells you like more backstory, and you'll, expl- you'll understand, like, oh, that's why this character did this in the future, because they did this in the past. Um, but I, I was talking to somebody, and he was like, I thought it was terrible. Like none of the characters got any development. I never, I didn't understand what was going on. And I was like, well, how much did you watch? He was like, well, I watched the whole future arc. And I was like, yeah, you can't do that. Okay. Well, you missed half the story, which is not, I guess, uh, the way that it's listed on Crunchyroll. They have episode. It's like episode one through twelve is all one arc, and then thirteen through whatever is the next, which is just that breaks it. That breaks the show. So anyway, my recommendation to you, dear listener, is if you decide to watch Danganronpa three, alternate episodes every week. Um, yep. Man, they, they drive home despair in that friggin' yes, show. They I was do. so stressed out constantly. Mm-hmm. I, and outside of a couple of minor storytelling issues that I, I don't want to get into here, I really enjoyed it. And it kind of showed me something about Danganronpa in general, which was that, you know, Danganronpa 1, I was into the whole way through. Yeah, there were some lulls here and there, but I was really into it. Danganronpa 2, though, I really didn't like it until, like, the last five hours, when, like, all of the story stuff really started to come to a head, and you figured out what was going on, and the less said about Strawberry House and uh, Green's uh, But, like, that story was really, really good. I just... I, I almost wonder if I would rather just watch an anime of this than actually play those games, if that makes sense. Because, like... The trials can be really, really fun in the games, and I actually think, too, with the exception of the first trial, which I had some serious logic issues with, maybe my brain just wasn't working, but I think 2 did a really good job of having those those logic trials be really fun for the most part, but I almost wonder, like, would I just enjoy watching this as an anime more? And the, the Danganronpa uh, future arc and uh, despair arc 
that was some intense stuff. And they really do answer a lot of questions. They really bring the whole series to a head. And now I don't know what the hell they're going to do with V3. Like, I don't know what they're going to do with the next game. And I think that's awesome. I think it's awesome that they've said they want to leave the the school behind. and They want to tell a brand new story like that. I, I mean, if we get to the end and the, and the bad guys, Junko again, I'm going to be so pissed. Yeah, I'll like, be curious. Like, like if we get to the end again, and it's just like, oh yes, it's Junko's father's sister's brother's former roommates. Like, I'm gonna be really. Yeah, well, that's uh, been everything so far. So. Yeah, but but that anime was really good, Derek. Thank you for recommending me that. Um, there oh, was that there were some absolute heartbreakers. I started texting oh. Derek like, I need to be held. Like, help me, please. Uh, yeah, there were there were episodes I watched where I just like buried my head in my hands afterwards, and I was like, I can't watch this anymore. <laughs> yeah, the the actual you know most gruesome despair and in, inducing event in all of mankind was pretty despair inducing, especially when you realize that the song that they used, which is like a Japanese classic like kids song, was the same one that they used in Evangelion 2.0. I was just like, oh my god, <laughs> like, whew, that was yeah. fun. Danganronpa 1 and 2, uh, good games. L- little little pacing issues here and there, but uh, very, very enjoyable, and I am really excited for 3. I just hope I don't end up disappointed with it the way I kind of was with Zero Time Dilemma. I'm just a little worried about that right now. Yeah, they're really different. But... Yeah, they are. Should I give Steins Gate another shot? Because I bounced right the hell off that. I don't, I don't think so, because I think... Steins Gate is fantastic, but I think that if you were bothered by the pacing in Danganronpa 2, I think Steins Gate is even worse. Okay, okay. I I played Steins Gate for like... Did you, did you watch the anime? No, I, I tried playing... Okay, I, I tried playing the game, and I was just like, this is... I, I was getting, like, tired. I, I was playing it, and I was yeah. kind of... I want to say I played it back at spring break because I remember like going over to the office with Jackie. She needed pr- to print stuff out and I would sit there like in my classroom trying to play it. And I ended up like putting my head down to take a nap. Yeah, No, watch like, the anime and, and just okay. but steal yourself because I felt like I didn't like the show really for the first five episodes, which is usually mm-hmm. way longer than I'm willing to give anything a chance. But I heard so many good things that were like, just stick with it. And I'm yeah. glad I did because it ended up being worth it. But yeah, that's that show starts really show end game starts very slow. Yeah, yeah, I, I I wanted it to be good, and maybe it is really good, and you know, it's kind of nice to have something on in the background while I'm playing Dragon Quest right now. Uh, I, I have a tendency to put Team Four Star on in the background, so I just get all the Akira Toriyama all the time. And uh, yeah, uh, Dragon Quest Seven. Good lord, I'm I'm a pirate. I have a big giant grin on my head face right now. You have communicated this. Yeah. I I'm very excited, and <laughs> I think I think more people should play Dragon Quest. Uh, I'd love to unlock the job system. I just I have so many things on my plate. I'll, I'll be honest. You need to push through that last dungeon <gasps> you to know, get to the job system. It's a bad yeah. dungeon. It's really bad. You know what I am playing though, which is also awesome, and I probably should have mentioned it on the show, but oh well. Next time is uh, Ace Tourney Six. Ooh, ooh, I do want to hear about that next yeah, time. Yeah, I'm in the third yeah. case, and I really like it. I really, really like it. Cool. Let's talk about it next time. Uh, sure. Anything else for the good of the group, or are we all good here, ladies and gentlemen? Do we have any username? Uh, I have not prepared any at this time. Um, ooh, Derek's on. Yeah. I'm we will get you all next time. We, I'm sure we will have more things to talk about, so just... Give us some time. We got a lot of games coming out right now. A lot of Dragon Quest to play. 
and then Tyranny comes out, which I'm very excited for. Obsidian decided to ruin my fall. Thank you for releasing that game the same day Dishonored 2 comes out. Thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's going to happen again in February. You realize this. Uh, what's the other? What's the other game? The only Persona. game that exists. The only game that exists is Persona. Like, Persona comes out. Uh, uh, Horizon doesn't near two also. You know what? Those games are going to be real fun when I play them in a year. Like I, I, I'm sure. Actually, I, I meant to say the new near. I watched some videos of that. That looks hot. That that looks like a platinum game I will actually play. Because guess what? The camera isn't complete garbage, mm-hmm. or at least it doesn't look like it is. Uh, that game looks pretty neat. I'm up for that. Is that a prequel or a sequel to Near? I, uh, I don't know. Sequel, I think, I think. I think it's a prequel, isn't it? Because doesn't Near take place like millions of years in the future, and this like still has buildings up? Hmm. Maybe I'm maybe I'm reaching here. I don't know. Where's Drakengard three fall into this whole thing? Uh, in the past, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But but Near looks good. But uh, yeah, Persona five is the only thing that uh that I care about right now. And I'm still on media blackout and the internet seems to be helping me with that. There aren't nearly as many YouTube videos of people playing that as I was expecting. I don't know how that happened, but thank the gods. Cause I don't want to see any more of that game. I think the trolls got all burnt out in the first few weeks, you know, mm. or people got wise and, and just stopped, you know, paying it's attention. Also a, it's also a hundred hour RPG. So that, yeah. that's a that's a little harder to spoil, I think, than a lot of other games possibly. But uh, although one tiny comment, I'm not going to call anybody out by name. If you're going to talk about Persona Five on your podcast, please don't make it sound like the most boring game in existence. Just some of the podcasts I've been listening to with people that have the Japanese copy of Persona Five, and I'm like really excited to hear about it. They're like, yeah, it's a game. It's uh, it's got done. You play a role. You play a role. Uh, you level up and uh, go around and uh. Yeah, it's pretty neat. And I'm like, this, this might be the biggest JRPG with the exception of Final Fantasy XV, and you're somehow making it sound dull. You go to school. You learn stuff. I can't wait you... till I have that bag. I'm taking that bag every day. In this yes! Place. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm taking it to work. work. I'm doing like, it. Forget doing my it. purse. I'm taking it to work. I'm doing it. All right. And nice. and um, they better, if they don't, they're, they're going to make a, a, like a big... Morgana plush at some point if they, you know, I know they will, and then I'm going to get it, and then I'm going to put it in the bag. Yep, yep. All right. so uh, thank you everybody for uh, listening to the show. For uh, Derek, Caitlin, and the Tooker, make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes. Make sure to send us more listener mail. We're going to try to hit that up real hard next time, and we will see you all later. See ya. Bye. Bye. Adios.